It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now, Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, Las Vegas? That was a little weird. I sounded a little bit like Marv Albert there. Yush! Sound like I'm on the toilet. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show. Pushing the limits on a Thursday. Oh, yeah. We got a lot to get to today. UNLV will be a big topic of discussion today. I don't talk UNLV, UNLV hoops every day, but it is March Madness. The UNLV men are playing in the quarterfinals of the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Coming up at 2.30 against Wyoming. We're going to preview that. What about those Lady Rebels, ladies and gentlemen? How about it? They uh, got a birth a ticket to the NCAA tournament. UNLV women's head basketball coach Lindy LaRock will be joining us coming up here at the bottom of the hour. What a great win. And we'll talk about that. Hour number two is going to be a lot of fun, man. I would imagine you probably have seen the show Tanked. It's one of the hit shows, one of the highest rated reality TV shows, by the way, in the history of television. It really is. Uh, and uh, the guy from that hit show, Tank, he's my good friend. He's got a new restaurant that just opened up in Henderson called Stallone's. Really excited to have Brett Raymer in studio for our number two. One of the most successful reality TV shows uh, in the history of reality television. So he's going to be joining me in our number two, and that is going to be a lot of fun, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of fun watching college hoops. I watched uh, the men play a little bit yesterday, uh, playing games in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Unfortunately, Nevada won. They better not beat Boise State today because I put a few bucks on Boise State to win the Mountain West Conference Tournament. But uh, that game uh, tipping off actually right now as we speak. And then as I mentioned, the UNLV men, we'll get to that here in just a little bit. You know, I've had my criticisms at times for the Las Vegas media, certain people in the media that uh, don't go out to games, they're lazy. And listen, maybe I'm a part of the problem. When it comes to going to games and stuff, I'm everywhere. I go to everything. I love going to sporting events. I don't care whether it's Raiders. I don't care whether it's you know UNLV, football, basketball. You know, I'm going to everything. Number one, because I enjoy it. You know, I like going to live sporting events. But I got to tell you, there's people that will be on the radio today, maybe even TV as well, that are going to be talking about the UNLV Lady Rebels, and they were not at the game last night. There are people that are going to talk about the game, and they weren't there, and it's a joke. Now, there was a good contingent of local media that at the game last night. I, for one, will tell you, I have not talked about Lady Rebel basketball very much on the radio over the course of the last 20 years, because for the most part, they haven't been very good. Hasn't been a very good product. Went to a few games this year, and I was definitely not going to miss the game last night because they were in the finals of the Mountain West Conference tournament, and they ended up winning the game. And the head coach, Lindy LaRock, will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. But I wasn't going to miss that game for the world. Support the team, support the coach, and the fan support was very good. But there were members of the media that were not there last night that I guarantee you will be talking about the game today on the radio. And it's a joke. Because what's your excuse, right? What's your excuse? You can't talk about something on the radio unless it's outside of Las Vegas. You shouldn't be talking about it unless you were there covering it. That's just just my personal opinion. So there's a lot of hypocrites out there and a lot of people out there that did not go to the game last night. 
And I don't have any respect for you if you're one of those people. That's that's basically what I'm trying to say. I have zero respect for you. You're going to talk about the game and how wonderful the UNLV women's program is, but you couldn't get your ass out of your chair with your potato chips at home. You couldn't go and catch the game. It's a joke. We need to support, as a community, winners. Now, I understand if a product isn't very good and the team is not winning, then, then listen, that's a different circumstance. But it's a good product. I congratulate the UNLV women. And it seems like we're in a situation now where UNLV athletics is maybe in a position, and certainly I haven't said this, in a position maybe they haven't been in a long time, where the women and the men are in a really good spot. You have two good young coaches. And listen, Kevin just got going. He's going to get better. And I hope they win today. They have a big game. We'll get to that. But UNLV women's basketball is in a great place. The fact that LaRock grew up here and she has so many connections and she has talented players is a huge part of it. Obviously, she knows how to coach. There's no question about that. But she recruits players. She's got talent. But as Dave Rice proved to all of us, you can get talent. doesn't mean you're going to win. And it certainly means it doesn't mean that you're going to win in March. But she was able to do that. And the men are in a good spot as well. This is a city that has changed and always evolving, right? I love Las Vegas, but it's always evolving. It's always changing. People have a lot of options on how to be entertained in this city. It's the entertainment capital of the world. You got the Vegas Golden Knights. You got the Raiders. You got the Aces. You got you know some of the best boxing fights in the planet here, and that's been going on forever. There's a, a lot of different places you could go to be entertained, sports or you know whether it's Cirque du Soleil or a concert. You know, there's, the point I'm trying to make is there's always options in this city, and there's more and more options when it comes to sports. And in the last several years, uh, UNLV has been on the cusp of being irrelevant. And I'm mainly talking about the men's program. Now, listen, you don't hear me talking about UNLV football very often. And the reason why I don't talk about UNLV football very often because it's a bad product. They suck. All due respect to the kids that play their hearts out. I understand that. But they've had bad coaching, UNLV football. It's been a really bad product. It's been an embarrassment for a very long time. That's why I don't talk about it on the radio very often. The UNLV women's program has not been very good for a long time. They had a good year last year, and Coach LaRock has completely turned the program around. And rightfully so, we should be talking about it. And we should be going to games. And I want to go to more games next year. And I'm glad I was able to attend the game last night because I had a lot of fun. It was great to see a winning product again when it comes to UNLV basketball. And it was fun. But for these people that are going to be on the radio today talking about what a wonderful win it was when they couldn't even get their ass out of their house and go to the game, it's pathetic. And I just think as a whole, members of the media in Las Vegas are lazy. There's a lot of laziness here. People just don't go to events. They'll talk about it on the radio, but they won't go when it's right in their backyard. It's pathetic. Doesn't make any sense to me, man. You know, this is the first time the women have made it to the NCAA tournament since, wow, this is unbelievable, 1994 when they won the Big West. So it's a huge accomplishment. And we'll talk to her. Head coach LaRock coming up here in a little bit. As far as the men goes, they got a tough game today. And I got to tell you, earlier in the week, I was saying UNLV should win this basketball game. I'm not sure I'm going to have that opinion right now. And here's why Wyoming, one of the best teams in the conference for the most part all year. Now, they've lost a lot of games the last several weeks, they have not played well. However, with that being said, This is a game that Wyoming absolutely, 100%, has to win 
if they're going to make the NCAA tournament. Now, if UNLV is going to make the, the NCAA tournament, they probably have to win the whole thing. If Wyoming is going to make the NCAA tournament, they have to, at minimum, make the semifinals. Now, this is the quarterfinal game today. Now, I'm talking about motivation. All I'm simply saying is I'm concerned about that. I believe that if Hamilton does not score at least 25 points, UNLV does not win this basketball game. Hamilton needs to be Hamilton. And it puts a lot of pressure on the young man. He's used to that. But the last few times Wyoming has faced Hamilton, he's had a rough game. They're going to double-team him. Other guys on this UNLV team have to step up. Williams is going to have to have a big game. There's no question about it. Our guard play, they need to shoot the ball better. There's no question about that. Royce has to have a big game underneath the basket. Doesn't have to score 20 points, but he has to do a monster, monster job on the glass rebounding. You are going to need big efforts from others, other than Bryce Hamilton. Other guys are going to have to step up today. This is a whole other animal. And it's why I said to a friend of mine on the phone not that long ago that I wouldn't be surprised if Boise State lost to Nevada today, that game going on right now. And the reason why I say that is because Nevada has been one of the biggest underachieving teams all year, but everybody starts from scratch now. It's the beauty of these postseason tournaments. It doesn't matter what uh, your record was regular season. It's all about winning basketball games. Everybody starts 0-0, at least uh, in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. I understand Nevada won a game yesterday, but you know everything is squared up here. It's one game and you're out. So I think this is going to be a very interesting day for college basketball. I think it's going to be a very interesting day for the Mountain West Conference. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a few upsets because the Mountain West Conference is a lot better than people give it credit for. They're just behind the Pac-12, and they're ahead of some other pretty good conferences in this country. This is a, this is a conference where even though you don't have any top 25 teams, you've got several teams that you can easily make the argument deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. Maybe even four if Wyoming wins today. Now, obviously, I don't want that to happen. I root for Kevin, and I don't care if I'm a member of the media. I want UNLV to succeed, and I want Kevin to win today. But I don't know what's going to happen. I am on the fence on this game. And if Bryce Hamilton does not have a big game, they do not win this basketball game. That's it. That's simple as that. UNLV has clicked, and UNLV has won a lot of basketball games, and Bryce Hamilton has been the leader of this team. He has had monster games, monster games, and we really haven't seen something like this in a long time from a UNLV basketball player. He's had an unbelievable senior season, but it cannot stop here, and it's going to be hard. This is conference basketball. Heck, I was watching conference Mountain West tournament basketball. I was watching the game yesterday, right? Fresno State and Coach Hudson, they were playing San Jose State, arguably one of the worst teams in the country. San Jose State took that game to overtime. They almost upset Fresno. Anything can happen in these games. And, you know, one foul here, one bad call there, one missed shot here, uh, the, the tide can change. So I, do, I am not going to this UNLV basketball game overly confident that UNLV is going to win this game. I just don't know. I don't know. It's a strange thing about these conference tournaments in college basketball. You know, stranger things have happened. The one thing I will say, and this is for certainty, team's going to play hard. Kevin's team is going to play hard. They're not going to lose today because of a lack of effort. And certainly I don't think because of a lack of effort on the defensive end. Because there's one thing that Kevin and his coaching staff have done this year. They've had these guys play hard. They've had these guys play hard. So I'm happy to say that. That, you know, we have two basketball coaches at UNLV that are, in my personal opinion, easy to root for. You know, Coach Lindy LaRock, who's going to be joining us here in a few minutes, she's awesome. 
and she's a uh, you know she's from Vegas. She played her high school ball here. She's a Vegas girl at heart. She's a nice person. She's a good coach, and she's an easy person to root for. Kevin Kruger, we all know who his father is and what his father accomplished at UNLV. Kevin, who played here. Kevin is a good guy. He cares about UNLV. He's a good coach. He's going to get better. He's an easy guy to root for. We have had coaches in the past that were not easy people to root for. You can make the argument there are some coaches at other programs at UNLV, some, not all, that are also very difficult to root for. You know, when Marvin Menzies said that, you know, he heard racial epithets from fans, which was a lie, by the way. How do you root for a guy like that who makes statements like that? T.J. Otzelberger, how do you root for a guy who takes a picture with Larry Johnson at some signing, doesn't tell Larry Johnson he's the head basketball coach, takes that picture, puts it on the UNLV Twitter page, pisses Larry Johnson off? How do you respect a guy like that? I mean, really, how do you respect a guy like that? I liked Dave Rice. Nice guy. I tried to root for him, but he was not a good leader. He was not a good head coach. I mean, I remember a story from a player who told me that he tried to get some shots up the night before a UNLV game at the Thomas and Mack Center. Jalon Kendrick is the guy I'm talking about. He wouldn't mind me telling me this story. And, he, and the lights were out, the Thomas and Mack, night before a game. Kendrick wanted to get some shots up. He calls Dave Rice. He says, Dave, coach, can you, can you get the lights on for me? I don't have the authority to do that right now. I mean, <laughs> you know. We've had some bad hires at UNLV. That's what I'm trying to say. And I think history is on my side because everybody thought Dave Rice was the right guy for the job. Just about everybody. Everybody thought Marvin Menzies deserved a contract extension. There were people out there that still probably think that T.J. Otzelberger should be the head coach at UNLV. These people have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. They have a basketball IQ of zero. No clue. And they drink the UNLV Kool-Aid. And when things are going really bad... And some people in the media make it sound, or even fans, make it seem like things aren't that bad. Then it lowers the bar. This is UNLV basketball. There are a championship banner in the Thomas and Mack Center. Hall of Famers, some of the best college basketball players of all time, right? Larry Johnson, one of the best of all time. Greg Anthony. I mean, the list, you can go, you know, Freddie Banks, the list goes on and on and on of the legends that wore that UNLV uh, uniform. And, of course, Jerry Tarkanian. What a legendary coach he was. It shouldn't be difficult to recruit players at UNLV, and it certainly shouldn't be difficult to compete for Mountain West Conference titles, women or men. This should be an easier place to recruit. Kevin has done a good job. He's only had a year. And I'm glad he wasn't in the playing game because that wouldn't have been good. This has been a good year. This could make it a really good year if he's able to at least win this game today in the quarterfinals, get to the semis of the Mountain West. This is a huge game for both programs. Huge. Because for Wyoming, if you lose this game, you're probably not in the NCAA tournament. And for Wyoming to get a bid in the NCAA tournament, it's a really big deal for that program. If you're UNLV, you don't want to lose in the quarters because then there's no guarantee that you even get an invite to the NIT. And I had Kevin Kruger on the show the other day. He would absolutely love to be in the NIT if he can't get in the NCAA tournament. If he loses in the quarterfinals of the Mountain West Conference tournament, can you honestly say with a straight face that they're a shoe-in to the NIT? I mean, maybe. But this would solidify it for both teams. Wyoming wins, they're in the NCAA tournament. If UNLV wins today, minimum, they're in the NIT. Hands down. You don't want to give any of these committees that chance to to say no. So I think, to me, this is the most intriguing game of the day. And by the way, as as far as point spreads go, it's basically a pick This is the most intriguing game of the day. It's such a big game for both programs. Such a big game. And two really good young coaches. 
Listen, there, there's some interesting games, but I don't think San Diego State's going to have a problem today. I think they're going to be able to get the job done. I would imagine they probably will. I would, I would assume that Colorado State wins, but I don't know about that's another intriguing game. I could see Utah State knocking off Colorado State today. 100% I could see that happening. And, of course, in this first game, Boise State right now is playing Nevada. Also an intriguing game where Nevada is you know, a team with a lot of talent. Nevada's got a lot of talent. They have a lot of ability, Steve Alford. Steve Alford does know what he's doing. There's no question about that. And Boise State already down three early. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. This is a danger game for Boise State. This is a dangerous basketball game because you have Nevada, you know, a team with a lot of talent, the most probably the most underachieving year that any Mountain West Conference team has had in Nevada. I wouldn't be surprised if Nevada knocked off Boise State t- today. I really wouldn't. I still think Boise State is top to bottom the best team in the league, but I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised at all. And again, you know, this is a city with a lot of choices. This is a city with a lot of options. People have a lot of options on where to go to be entertained. I haven't really criticized the fans that haven't gone to UNLV games over the course of the last 10 years as much as I've criticized the students. I don't understand why students don't show up. I don't understand that at all. I never have. But I really hope that the fans come out today because Kevin Kruger, his coaching staff, and these players deserve it. They deserve support because they've been a competitive basketball team and the product's been good. The kids play hard. And that's something that I have not said over the course of the last eight, nine years since the Lon Kruger days. They deserve your support. UNLV football, on the other hand, different circumstance. Not the easiest coach in the world to root for. And the fact that they're playing in Allegiant Stadium and the fan support is minimal is pathetic. The UNLV football program has been in shambles for a very long time. I don't think Coach Arroyo is a very good head coach, but that's a different animal. You know, Kevin Kruger played here, played for, of course, his father, Lon Kruger. The fact that Lon Kruger's around the program, there's a lot of positives with Kevin. He's an easy guy to root for. He's a good guy. The players respect him. Uh, I love the fact how he develops his coaching staff, develops players. You cannot tell me that this team hasn't improved from the start of the year to the end of the year because they absolutely have. They absolutely have. Certainly, they've improved offensively. The defense has always been there. That's, to me, how you grade a coach. It's not always about wins and losses. It's about, is your team better in March than they were three or four months before? I've always said that. And and, and the answer is yes when it comes to Kev. There's no question the answer is yes. Now, there's always going to be teams that I'm going to root against, Nevada being one of them. But... We're really, I, I believe Las Vegas is going to turn into the mecca of college basketball. We already have five postseason college basketball tournaments in Las Vegas. We're getting the NCAA tournament coming to Las Vegas next year. The gambling stuff is, is, is it's done. It's done. I mean, there's sports gambling pretty much legalized just about everywhere. There are still some states that are way behind the eight ball. But for the most part, you can uh, sports bet pretty much anywhere in the country. So all that gambling nonsense, all the hypocrites out there that were saying, we don't want to bring the NCAA tournament to Las Vegas. We don't want to bring the NFL to Vegas. Well, guess what? It's all here now. Because gam- it, when, there's, when there's a way for the government to make money off of you, they will legalize it. It's why they've done this with marijuana from state to state, and it's why they are, gonna do, they are doing the same thing with sports gambling. Because it's a way for the government to get a piece, to make a little extra money. And, and, and sports betting is a billions, billions of dollars of a business. It's a huge business. So I'm glad we all the, we have all these college basketball tournaments here. I'm glad the NCAA tournament's going to be coming here next year. I'm glad we have the NFL here. 
But listen, going back to what I said earlier, a lot of choices that you have to make as a local. You have a lot of different and, – and as a tourist. There's, you have a lot of different choices. Now, maybe you're not a sports fan. Well, guess what? You're in luck because we have some of the best shows uh, on the planet here as well. But if you're a sports fan, you have a lot of different options. The Vegas Golden Knight games are not cheap. There's a reason why just about every single game is sold out, though, because it's a good product. I'm very interested, and I will be very interested to find out when, and it'll be eventually it's going to happen, when the Vegas Golden Knights have a bad year. What I mean by bad year is you know, you're not going to make the playoffs. You're losing a lot of games. You're not going to make the playoffs. What's the fan support going to be like then? Uh, because if there's one thing I've learned about Vegas sports fans, they will turn on a team if they're not winning. Now, I'm not as concerned about that when it comes to the Raiders because it's the NFL and you've got so many fans coming in from other parts of the country. Uh, Raiders games are always going to be great crowds no matter how bad the product is. And by the way, the Raiders were, were a decent product. They made the playoffs. You have to give them a lot of credit for that. It was a decent product. There were a lot of exciting games over there at Allegiant Stadium this year. But, you know, it's not just Las Vegas. Generally, fans turn on a team. Look at what's going on in L.A. right now with the Lakers. First of all, those games are absolutely not sold out these days. And secondly, what about all the trash talking that's going on with, with, with Laker players on the floor? I mean, fans turn, man. And you know what? Fans have the right to do that. Because you spend your hard-earned money and you, you go to a game, you want it to be a good product. There's nothing wrong with that. If you go to a restaurant, you go to an expensive restaurant, you pay a lot of money for a steak, you expect it to be good. You expect the food to be tasty and to be good. When you go to a game and you spend a lot of money for tickets to see a Laker game, you want the product and you expect the product to be good, especially when you have three Hall of Famers. If you go to a UNLV basketball game, tickets are very fairly priced, but if you go to a UNLV basketball game, men or women, you want the product to be good. You want to be entertained because that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, of course you want your team to win, and you can make the argument that Kevin Kruger's style of offense might not be the most exciting but it's pretty exciting when you're a winning basketball team in college basketball. It's exciting in March Madness when you possibly have a chance to win your conference tournament. It's exciting. You know, a lot of people 10 years ago, I shouldn't say a lot, but there was a, a decent amount of people 10 years ago, they didn't like what Lon Kruger did here. Even though they were a consistent top 25 team in the country, they were winning Mountain West Conference championships. They were you know, competing every year for a conference title. They make the Sweet 16. They were winning NCAA tournament games, but that wasn't enough for some people. Some people wanted Lon Kruger out. Some people were happy with the Dave Rice hire. Those people were what I call morons who had no idea what they were talking about. Brought the program, sent the program back 10 plus years. Because while Lon Kruger's style of basketball, and Kevin's as well, might not be the most exciting brand of basketball, the team wins. And the coaches are getting the maximum out of the talent that they have. That's what I'm talking about. Kevin has put his team in a position where they don't have to be in the playing game. They're in the quarterfinals of the Mountain West Conference Tournament today. They're playing a good team in Wyoming. But he has put his team in a position for postseason. NIT... Maybe NCAA tournament. We'll see what happens today. It's going to be a tough game. But I think uh, fans should be proud of the fact of, of, of where these two programs are at right now. I'm not talking about the football program. I'm talking about uh, the Lady Rebels 
and I'm talking about the men's basketball team as well. By the way, we do have some breaking news. Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association have just reached a tentative agreement on a new labor deal. Sources are telling ESPN, and while it still needs to be ratified by both parties, that is expected to be a formality, and when it is, baseball is back. So that's good news. I think the players' union are a bunch of idiots, a bunch of greedy morons. They got the best deal they could have got a few weeks ago, and they just drew this thing out much longer than it should have been. Uh, players now officially can report to spring training camps as early as tomorrow. Opening day expected to be April 7th, as reported by Jesse Rogers of ESPN. Transactions, uh, my understanding is transactions unfreeze upon ratification. That's expected to come as early as today, meaning free agents can sign and trades can occur. So that's good news. And speaking of the sports product, and I was just having a conversation uh, with our producer, Numchuk, before the show, and I said they're going to reach a deal. I didn't think it would be today. But I'm glad uh, they're reaching a deal, and uh, I'm happy to see that. Unfortunately for Las Vegas, we were robbed out of uh, some spring training games, some Major League Baseball spring training games uh, up in Summerlin. But hey, if you're a baseball fan, this is fantastic news. If you're one of those guys on a roster making $750,000 a year, this is good news as well, because you want to get paid. This can't happen again. This is embarrassing. It it will happen again, but it, it shouldn't. These players got the best possible deal they could have asked for. And they refused it. And they drew it out. And it's bad for baseball. It's bad for Major League Baseball. You know, the owners gave, were willing to give the players a great deal. And they did. And I'm glad the players finally, the players' union finally agreed to this. And we'll see Major League Baseball right around the corner. I believe I just said April 7th uh, going to be when the first set of games starts. So that's good news. Don't know where the Oakland A's are playing. I guess they're still playing in Oakland. I don't know. But uh, I know Aviators baseball is right around the corner as well, so that's good. Opening day is April 7th. Spring training games will start right around the corner, by the way, March 18th to March 20th. So that's good news. Some good news coming out of uh, Major League Baseball. I'm happy to hear that. We also have some really good news when it comes to the UNLV women's basketball program. They won the Mountain West Conference Tournament yesterday. It was awesome. The finals, they defeated Colorado State. The final score, 75-65, to and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will be joined by the head basketball coach for the UNLV Lady Rebels, her name is Lindy LaRock, and if you don't know who she is, oh, you're going to find out pretty soon because she's a hero as far as UNLV basketball is concerned. They're in the NCAA tournament. She grew up here. She's recruited some phenomenal players. She had a good year last year. She's had a great year this year. Uh, she wins the regular conference uh, regular season title. She wins the Mountain West Conference tournament in Las Vegas, and now they punched a ticket to the NCAA tournament. This is really exciting. She's a really good young coach, and she had a hell of a career as a player as well. And Lindy LaRock, the head coach of UNLV Women's Basketball, will be joining us next. We'll take a quick break and we will be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. Pushing the Limits on a Thursday. As I mentioned, I was at the Thomas and Mack last night catching our Lady Rebels supporting the team, which you have to do. And it was a lot of fun. Trust me, it was a lot of fun, a lot of excitement, uh, and a really good turnout, by the way, for both teams, not just UNLV 
uh, and the Lady Rebel fans, but for Colorado State too. I mean, there was there, there was a good crowd there. It was a lot of fun. It was a good atmosphere. And most importantly, the Lady Rebels have punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1994. I was 14 years old. Boy, I'm really old. Uh, they won the uh, Big West back in 94, and the head coach of the Lady Rebels, who's done such a wonderful job in her second year, Lindy LaRock, joining us. Uh, coach, I appreciate you coming on. How good does it feel when you wake up this morning and uh, you are the Mountain West tournament champions? How does that sound? Uh, it 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 was uh, it was a good morning, and it and it feels really good. So, um, you know, I'm I'm just I think I'm still still riding the high. Yeah, and you and you should be. I've noticed you've lost your voice a little bit, which I think is understandable, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. So, uh, you know. it's all worth it oh no question it was a fun game all right so coach let's start from square one an hour before the game last night did you sense your team was the nerves at all what did you say to your team before the game started in the locker room um you know i thought our team was just really dialed in and focused they just kind of had this look on their face that um they were determined uh to come away with the victory and and do whatever it took so um they really weren't like overly amped up you know and uh you know i think obviously maybe they're a little bit nervous but it's just like any any game um you know once you get going kind of all of that goes away sure Uh, you know they were just they they had a really determined look on their faces yeah and i and i noticed that too but that's kind of your demeanor you seem pretty calm on the sidelines as well even when i believe it was a one-point game 62 61 with 10 minutes left to go. I mean, uh, the 13-point lead down to a one-point game with four and a half minutes to go. You guys were up double digits. What's going through your mind at that point? I know you have a pretty calm demeanor on the sidelines, but when they cut it to a one-point lead with four minutes to go, obviously at that point anything can happen. What's going through your mind there, and what are you telling your players in the huddle? Um, well, we knew they were going to go on a run, and you know we were, we were playing you know for the most part pretty well. Um, and so it, it, like, I, I knew they were going to go on some sort of run and, um, and, you know, I think the biggest thing was just to kind of remind our, our group of who we are and we're fine. Um, and just to go out there and kind of get, get refocused and get a defensive stop and mm-hmm. execute on offense and, and we'll be just fine. So, uh, you know, I know obviously we, we would have loved to just kind of have a big lead the whole game, but, right. um, you know, it, that's not always kind of how it works. So they went on a run and it was like, okay, well, we just took their best shot. Right. Um, and we're still up one point, so let's go on a little run of our own now. Yeah, and obviously, I'm sure you would agree, Colorado State, a good basketball team. Their guard, uh, Hofschild, had a hell of a game. She's a really, really good player, and she's very difficult to stop, particularly offensively. But uh, to me, and, and I know you were asked this question, and I'm sure last night, the biggest play of the game had to be with 43 seconds to go, right? The shot clock's winding yeah. down. Can you explain to me what took place there? Because as I'm watching a play, the shot clock is winding down. One of your girls loses the basketball basketball it looks like the refs might call a jump ball she's trying to call a timeout but they don't give you the timeout until there's like a second or two left to go on the shot clock did you think you deserved more time there um you know it didn't I, that that didn't bother me at all you know we wanted to use the full shot clock and then she kind of bobbled the ball um and i thought she was going to be able to kind of regather it um and then somehow it ended up down in the post and i you know i was i was hollering for a timeout um, you know, and so honestly, I was just happy to kind of get the ball on the baseline instead of the sideline mm-hmm. closer to the basket. Right. And, you know, we've, we've got a great playbook and, 
uh, you know, drew up one that worked. Yeah, and you were able to get Booker wide open in the corner, which i, I got to be honest with you. I know you, you guys are setting a screen underneath there, but I was still a little surprised that she was that wide open. But then you got to make the shot, right? Big-time players make big shots. It doesn't matter yeah. how wide open you are. A coach can draw up a play, and obviously you drew up the correct play, but your players still need to execute and they need to make the shot. She made an enormous shot, and that seemed to be the dagger. Even though the game wasn't technically over, that it gives you a nice lead with under 40 seconds left to go, and then really it just comes down to getting a stop and making your free throws. But, I mean, how relieved were you? I mean, I saw a smile on your face after a timeout there. She makes that. I think that makes it a seven-point lead for you guys, and you can kind of smell victory and maybe take a deep breath there, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you said it you know, so well of you know big time players make make big time plays and you know i i just knew i knew she i knew she was going to be wide open because we haven't we haven't ever run that play before i knew she was going to get a great look and i just i i just knew she was going to knock it down obviously she was playing well um and she she lives for those moments Mm -hmm. and so um you know i I knew she was going to put it in for us and you know to kind of really stretch the lead there you know that that's that's kind of difficult to to climb out of uh, for the other opponent what seed do you expect to be i know that you're not on the committee but if you were on the committee maybe you're a little biased because i i'm gonna be honest with you coach i have no idea i mean i don't know what type of respect the the mountain west women will get from the committee but you know what seed do you expect to get and what what seed do you think you guys deserve in the ncaa tournament um, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit with you. I'm not, I'm not so sure. Um, but you know, obviously they have the bracketology things that have been out, you know, for months. And so they, it looks like we're kind of projected like a 12 or 13 seed. Um, you know, so that if we're 13 would be playing a, a four, you know, a four seed on their home court, which, you know, that. That's that's tough. If you're if you're a 12, then you're playing, you know, a five seed on a neutral court. So that would be ideal. Mm, sure. uh, but you know, I think there's just still there's other conferences still, you know, finishing out. I I, I really don't know. I, I would imagine a 12 or 13. And I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, the bottom line is you guys are in, and anything can happen in the NCAA tournament, and it's really exciting. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Lady Rebel head basketball coach Lindy LaRock. So happy for her and her team in UNLV. She won the tournament last night and the regular season, by the way, as well. What an accomplishment in her second year. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit about your background again, because it, this is such a cool story, right? I mean, you grow up here. You grew up being a Rebel fan. Uh, you were a hell of a player in high school and college come out here this is your second year i mean this has got to mean a lot to you too i mean what you've been able to do with this program uh not just last year but of course this year really uh so far to this point i I think you'd call it it couldn't have gone any better the perfect season where you guys are able to win the regular season and the mountain west conference tournament uh coach what does this mean to you personally you're able to lead this team of of, of wonderful young ladies to the ncaa tournament because this certainly means a lot for the city we haven't really heard a lot of the ncaa tournament when it comes to unlv basketball men or women in a long time so i mean what does this mean for you personally the fact that you grew up here and you were able to accomplish this well it it really means the world uh obviously just of you know the city the university that we represent um you know to do that on on what is the absolute highest stage of of the ncaa tournament so just really you know really excited and um you know proud and you know as far as I, i just you know, I'm really thankful for this special group that we have. I mean, you said it, they're amazing young women, 
And, you know, this is why I do what I do to try to help, you know, young people's dreams come true. And to see that kind of come to fruition and play out the way it has this year, it just, there's nothing more heartwarming than that. Not for me, but for them. Sure, absolutely. And I'm sure you would agree, you don't just have to be a good coach and know what you're doing to to win a lot of basketball games, but you have to recruit. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. correct me if you think I'm wrong here, but I said to myself, you know, the fact that you grew up here and the relationships you have with high school coaches, with people across this community in the state, it had to help you and will continue to help you, I would imagine, you and your staff, in recruiting really talented basketball players would you would you agree with that uh, yeah i mean recruiting is your you know is your blood right it, it's it's your lifeline and coaching and, and in sports and so um you know i think obviously i know the city really well and I, i'm a product of it and so whether it's talking to parents or coaches or you know um it, you know obviously the the young people the recruits too uh it's just it's genuine it's authentic you know, I'm a, I'm a product of this place, and so I don't have to like you know, you know, try to concoct what what it, what could be here or or what they could be. Um, you know, it's just kind of you know shooting it shooting it to them and and right. you know believing in it and and then trying to get the right people. Um, so you know, we're thankful to have some great you know girls basketball in the state, um, especially here in Southern Nevada, and so. Um, you know, we've got some great local talent and there's going to continue to be great local talent, um, you know, available. And then, you know, you just try to continue to put the right pieces of the puzzle together. What do you take, Coach, from your experience as a player in the NCAA tournament? You played in a lot of Final Fours. Uh, obviously, it's a different situation from even though it's a lot of pressure playing in the finals of the Mountain West Conference tournament and, and the way your girls were able to to handle it was very impressive, their calm demeanor on the floor. But uh, obviously a different scenario when you're playing in the first round of the NCAA tournament, no matter who you're playing. What do you take away from your playing experience that you can share with your players to get them ready for that first game, no matter who it is? Yeah, well, yeah, it, it, it doesn't really matter who it is. You know, obviously this is a big moment, um, you know, that they're going to remember for all of their life. Um, and, and so it's just, you know, we're going to definitely celebrate and enjoy the, you know, winning this conference tournament for a little bit. And then this weekend, we're going to get back to work and do what we do that Mm -hmm. got us here. And then we'll find out who we play on Sunday Mm -hmm. and we'll do, we'll keep our same routine of preparation and, you know, and, and put a game plan together that Mm -hmm. I know they're going to, they're going to buy into. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to probably be the the lower seed. So at that point, you know, we've got nothing to lose. And so we're going to, you know, come out swinging and, they're going to be excited, and yeah. you know they're going to be really prepared. I, I know that ESPN has you possibly as a 13 seed playing Arizona. Don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I have to ask you this question just for fun: What if you guys ended up playing Stanford? What would go through your mind if that happened? <laughs> well, if we're playing Stanford, then uh, it means that probably we're an eight nine seed, and we won the first game to right. be able to see them. <laughs> Because they're definitely going to be the number one overall, right? Um, so I'd, I'd probably be really happy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe not to see them, but because we we would have had to do a couple of things to get there, right? Um, right. First, so yeah. uh, you know. But uh, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure that's going to totally be in the cards. But yep. you know, again, we're just going to be excited and happy mm-hmm. with whatever draw we get. 
Sure. And, you know, yeah. we're going to we're going to come at it full force. Well, coach, you and your staff have just done a phenomenal job ever since you got here. Quite frankly, you've absolutely turned this program around, not just as a com- competitive team, but the best team in the Mountain West Conference. It's unbelievable what you've been able to accomplish. The game last night was so much fun to watch and so much fun to watch a consistent Really good product when it comes to UNLV basketball, and you have a lot to do with that. Coach LaRock, I really do appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Take care of that voice, and uh, look forward to talking to you again when we find out who you're playing. Thanks for your time, Coach. I really appreciate it. I I appreciate you having me back. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Uh, That is uh, Lindy LaRock. She's awesome. She's so awesome. And she has done such a phenomenal job. Such a phenomenal job with this team, with this program. You know, listen... Maybe I was wrong um, years ago when I said, uh, you know, we, we don't need to get people that are from Vegas. We need to get people that are just really, really good basketball coaches. Now, Coach LaRock is both. But Kevin knows uh, Kevin Kruger knows Vegas really well. He played here. His father coached here. He's been an assistant here. And clearly he has relationships with people here. Lindy LaRock, you can make that argument even, even, even bigger. That Lindy LaRock, you know, she grew up here. She played high school basketball here. Uh, She's got some really talented players. But something she said, which I wholeheartedly agree with, because I was at the game last night courtside. I was watching the game. Her players were so calm. I mean, even when uh, they were only up one point with four minutes to go, their demeanor never changed. They never panicked. They didn't turn it over. You know you know how it is in college basketball, especially when you got a bunch of 18, 19, 20-year-old women that you're coaching or men is that when a team makes a run, sometimes bad teams or teams that are not properly coached, they panic. They turn the ball over. They take bad shots. They force the issue. Never once in that game did I see them change their demeanor nor, and that's a testament to the coaching staff and the kids, of course, but it's a testament to the coaching staff. And I don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. Obviously, it'll be disappointing if Kevin Kruger and UNLV men's basketball, if they lose today, it'll be a disappointment. Kevin will be disappointed. The fans will be disappointed. But I still, you still can't walk away from this season and say year one for Kevin Kruger was a failure because it hasn't been. It hasn't been. They've had some big wins this year. They go out there. They beat Colorado State on the road. That was certainly a big win. They, win, they beat Fresno on the road. They, 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 they were able to beat some teams that they haven't really been able to beat in prior years on the road. And they beat Nevada twice this year. That's a big deal. So even if it doesn't work out for Kevin, and by the way, they still have a chance of being in the NIT because this is a conference that will, if Wyoming wins, and I'm not saying they will, but if they do, you can make the argument that the Mountain West Conference has four teams possibly in the NCAA tournament. You're telling me that the Mountain West, they won't get a couple invites to the NIT? I think they should, but if Kevin wants to solidify that, has to win today. If UNLV wins and beats Wyoming today, they have a sure NIT ticket. And maybe, maybe they have an opportunity to make the NCAA tournament. If you're Wyoming, you are not getting into the NCAA tournament if you do not win today. You have to win this basketball game. There is no chance that the committee, I'm telling you right now, no chance Wyoming's an NCAA tournament team if they don't win today. So this is a huge game for both teams. You could make the argument, and I'm not saying that, you know, Kevin Kruger and, and his guys aren't going to play any as hard as Wyoming. I'm not saying that, but you could make the argument that this could be, you know, possibly a bigger game with NCAA tournament possible ramifications for Wyoming. That's all I'm saying. You can make that argument. 
I mean, in years past, you know how embarrassing it is to have to go to a plane game when, like, UNLV, all due respect to those Air Force kids, they're all heroes. But how embarrassing it is to be playing in a plane game in the Mountain West Conference tournament years past hasn't been as good a conference as it is this year. Playing in the plane game of the Mountain West Conference tournament and, and the letters UNLV on your jersey, that's embarrassing. That can't happen. The women's program is in a fantastic spot right now, and Coach LaRock has done a fantastic job, and I'm really happy for her. It was a great hire, and I'm really happy for her staff. Maybe it's one of the only things that Desiree Reed Francois did right because she did a lot of things wrong here. The Joker did a lot of things wrong. Sorry, did I say that out loud, the Joker? I'm sorry, I was thinking of the movie. I don't know why I would say that. But anyway, Francois was not a good athletic director, but if there's one thing she did do right, she made a great hire when it came to the women's basketball program. I'll give her credit for that. Horrible football hire. She made a horrible men's basketball hire in T.J. Otsberger. That was a disaster. But this Kevin thing is going to work out, and I think uh, it's going to work out for a lot of different reasons in the men's program. First of all, Lon Kruger. You can't avoid it, folks. Lon moved back here to Las Vegas. Even though he's not on a paying staff, he's a big part of this program. I've talked to Kevin about this. His father breaks down practice film. His father breaks down film. There's no question he's helping Kevin, and Kevin has put together a really good coaching staff. That's very important. And I think we're finally going to get back to the point where maybe we're not recruiting guys like the Anthony Bennett's of the world and the Rashad Vaughn's of the world and the Christian Woods of the world. Now, a lot of people want to see those type of players, and I can understand why. They're all talented kids. They're really A lot of those guys, well, not Anthony Bennett, but those other guys, Rashad Vaughn, professional, and uh, Christian Wood is having a nice NBA career. Jones is having a nice NBA career, the dunk champion. But the players were not coached properly, and they weren't developed. And if you're not coached properly and you're not developed then it's not going to work out for you. It's just not going to work out. So both programs are in a really good spot right now. And I'm really excited for this game this afternoon. I think it's going to be a really good college basketball game. I really do. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. We'll have to wait and see what happens, but in my personal opinion, I think UNLV might be in a little bit of trouble, but I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see what happens here. I'm not sure. But we will continue to cover the Mountain West Conference Tournament, UNLV hoops, and what is transpiring here when it comes to UNLV in Wyoming in the quarterfinals of the Mountain West Conference Tournament. It's going to be fun. But boy, what a great job Coach LaRock has done, huh? What a fantastic job she has done. And I'm so happy for her, and I'm so happy for her staff and those ladies out there on the floor because the UNLV women's program has been kind of miserable for a long time. Last year was a good year, but the program has been bad. Maybe not as bad as the Lakers are these days, but pretty bad. (laughs) Pretty bad, that's for sure. Um, I love college basketball. I love March Madness. And uh, I got to tell you, man, over the course of uh, the next couple of weeks, we're going to be watching a lot of college basketball, a lot of men's college basketball. And, of course, the Lady Rebels, I'll be really interested to see where they're playing in the NCAA tournament. But this is going to be a lot of fun. And I can't wait. I can't wait for the NCAA tournament. It's one of my most enjoyable favorite time of the year. Well, I don't celebrate Christmas. I don't even celebrate Hanukkah. But it is my favorite time of the year, which is college basketball. And March Madness. So I really appreciate uh, UNLV lady 
head basketball coach, Lindy LaRock, joining us on the line. She's awesome. The fact that they made the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1994 is an incredible accomplishment. It's an incredible accomplishment. And I hope Kevin Kruger gets it done this afternoon in the quarterfinals. We'll have to wait and see. It's not going to be easy. Boise State is in a, 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 burn, a, a barn burner. That's a, say that ten times in a row. They're in a barn burner. Uh, Boise State against Nevada. Who, who in Las Vegas roots for Nevada? I don't know. I don't. I don't root for Steve Alford, even though he's a former Boston Celtic. But uh, this is fun. This is a fun time of the year. We have all these conference tournaments in town. I just watched the number one team in the country, Gonzaga, play at uh, the Orleans. It was a lot of fun. I was sitting right next to Adam Morrison, by the way. You want a, a funny story, Numchuck? I'll give you a funny story before we go to break, and then when we come back, uh, we are going to be joined by my man, one of my good friends, and uh, the owner of a new Italian restaurant in Las Vegas, uh, reality TV star himself, Brett Raymer, is going to be joining us in studio. Before I get there, I'll give you a quick C-Win uh, fun story, Numchuck, for you. I have these Chris Wynn fun stories. Here's another one. So we're sitting courtside for the Gonzaga game, right? Number one team in the country. We're sitting right behind Adam Morrison, who's broadcasting the game. Now, if you know who Adam Morrison is, Adam Morrison is a legend at Gonzaga. He was injured in the NBA. He had a shortened career because of injuries and stuff. But if you recall, he was that guy who had that... uh, he cried in the NCAA tournament. Remember when he lost and he was hugging his coach, Mark Few, and he, the, 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 he took a lot of crap on social media. He, the tears were – anyway. So I'm sitting behind him. I said, see when I'm going to Google crying Adam Morrison, and I'm going to see what, what – Im- and literally I'm like sitting two feet away from him. See what Im- so it's this big image of Adam Morrison crying. So I said, Chris, take a picture of this. So I'm holding up my cell phone with Adam Morrison right there, and he takes a picture of it. And then Adam Morrison kind of turns his head and looks over like, well, what are these guys doing? We posted it on social media. It was kind of funny. I like Adam Morrison. He's a good guy. That's another thing I love about these college basketball tournaments. I, w- I was having dinner with Danny Ainge at the West Coast Conference Tournament. <laughs> I was having dinner with Danny Ainge. Uh, Danny Ainge, the former, uh, of course, Boston Celtic, the champion. And Danny Ainge, uh, you know, used to be the general manager of the Boston Celtics. Not anymore. I still wish he was. But that's why I love going to these terms. You never know what you're going to see. I guess C. Wynn was sitting next to former governor of Nevada, Brian Sandoval, uh, yesterday. He, I didn't even know he was the president of Nevada Reno, by the way. What a traitor. <laughs> what a traitor. Yeah, there he is, Brian Sandoval. But um, anyway, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And I love college basketball. And uh, can't wait to go to this UNLV game this afternoon. It's also going to be a lot of fun. 2.30, they're playing Wyoming in the quarterfinals of the Mountain West Conference Tournament. I think it's going to be a good one. I know it's going to be a good one. I have great stories of the Mountain West Conference. This was like seven or eight years ago. I was sitting next to Reggie Miller for four hours. Now, Reggie Miller wasn't broadcasting, but he was broadcasting uh, the, the games the following day. So I'm sitting next to him. Reggie Miller, by the way, one of the best shooters of all time i put steph curry ray allen reggie miller as the top three shooters of all time and i'm sitting next to reggie and we're just talking basketball for four hours i, I mean you know i'm just idiot you know, you know talk show host and i'm sitting next to one of the best basketball players of all time couldn't have been nicer and i'm just sitting there watching mountain west conference games with reggie and you know no autographs no picture taking although i think i did ask him for a picture at the end there but uh we're just we're just talking hoops you know it was a lot of fun all right here's what we're going to do ladies and gentlemen we're going to take a break and when we come back, you, you've heard of the, the hit show Tanked, right? Of course you have. It's one of the uh, highest-rated reality TV shows in the history of reality television that ran on the Animal Planet for 10 years or so. Uh, so the star of that show, Brett Raymer, my good friend, is going to be joining us. But uh, we're not going to be talking a lot about Tanked. We're going to be talking a lot about 
his new restaurant, his new Italian eatery. This guy's from New York. He knows what good Italian food tastes like. Uh, his new restaurant just opened up in Henderson called Stallone's, and it's awesome. I've been there several times. It is awesome. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Have some fun. Take a break. We'll be back with Brett right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits. So glad you could join us on a Thursday. You know, I mentioned there, there's so many different great things you can do in Las Vegas, not just to be entertained, but we have some of the best restaurants in the world right here in Las Vegas. Now, I'm a big fan of Italian food, right? I come from Connecticut. I spent a lot of time in New York. I think a lot, not all, but a lot of the pizza in Las Vegas sucks. It sucks. It's bad. You know, and, and it's hard sometimes to find a good slice of pizza. Well, the guy I have with us in the studio right now, I'm lucky to call him a, a very good friend. He knows a little bit about pizza. He's from New York. He understands what good Italian food tastes like, but he also knows a little bit about what it's like to be at a reality TV star. Of course, he's from the hit show Tank that was on Animal Planet for 10 years, and uh, now he just opened up a new restaurant uh, called Stallone's. Right there in Henderson on East Silverado Ranch. You just heard C. Wynn in that commercial a mile or two down the road from South Point. Brett Raymer joining us in studio. Brett, thanks for coming in, my man. How's it going? What's up, Brian? Thanks for having me. This Appreciate is ex- it. This is sure, of course. This is exciting. Yeah, absolutely, you know? man. This Super is exciting. exciting. You guys just opened a soft opening, right? Soft a, opening. A few weeks ago, this restaurant. Yeah. Uh, how's it gone so far? It's going really well. You know, uh, people have been, we've been all over social media, you know, letting people know that it's coming. And obviously, people have seen the show. They know that I'm from New York, they know that I love food. They know that food runs in my family, and uh, they've just been looking forward. We've been taking pictures, posting them, and uh, it's been really good so far. People have been really, really receptive. Now, I'm sure you would – I'm glad to hear that. I'm sure you would agree. Sometimes if you're a reality TV star celebrity or maybe you could be Flavor Flav, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have a successful business or, in this case, a restaurant. You know, I remember Flavor Flav, he opened up this chicken wing place. It didn't last very long because he didn't know what he was doing. You seem to know what you're doing, and I've been to this restaurant several times. So what's the difference between somebody like you? You're not just putting your name on this, right? You're hands-on. I see you in there every day. Yeah, you know, for, first of all, you know, I love food, right? Traveling around the world, being able to go to so many different places, experiencing so many different restaurants, different things has made me, turned me into a foodie. So I've met a couple of guys here in Las Vegas that were chefs. I did a couple of cooking shows during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were filming them at my house. I met some amazing chefs that just wanted to showcase their talents. And uh, during that process, I became friends with these guys and I just love their food. Mm -hmm. So long story short, as time went on, you know, uh, people just started opening up different restaurants, doing different things, but we're doing it not for themselves. We're doing it for other people. Right. So what I did is I went to a couple of my friends and I said, hey, you guys are always doing it for other people. Why not let's do it for ourselves? I love food. You know, I'm right in the middle of a, of a project. I got some free time. So we decided to uh, open up Stallone's and uh, it's been a super hit so far. And, and I, you know, it's funny because we were just playing the Sopranos music and, you know, Sopranos is one of my favorite shows of all time and they're always eating Italian food there. It's always good Italian food. And when I think of your restaurant and where you come from, I think of the Sopranos. I think of all those scenes in the Sopranos and I go into your restaurant. The cool thing about, uh, there's a lot of cool things about Stallone's, but you walk in there, 
your memorabilia, you have memorabilia all over the walls, and it's memorabilia, a lot of which you received autographs and stuff from your show. For example, Adrian Peterson, you go into his home, you, you know, your show was based on a premise of building a tank in their home, so you meet these guys and you get them to sign jerseys, and you got this super cool memorabilia all over the store, which I just think is so awesome. You also have a lot of sports stuff, local sports stuff, you know, UNLV, uh, for example, you have a lot of uh, Las Vegas Knights stuff in there, so talk to me a little bit about the memorabilia and how you designed this restaurant as far as from the inside. Yeah, so, you know, obviously meeting all these amazing celebrities over the years and doing such amazing aquariums for them, I wanted to you know, somehow be able to capture, you know, their greatness as well. And by doing that, I was able to bring jerseys and, and, you know, pictures and all different items that we brought. Once I gave them a $50,000 aquarium, it was, <laughs> right. it was pretty easy. It was pretty easy to go, hey, you know, Antonio. Did anybody you? say no? Did anybody not sign something for you? No, we had everybody sign. Can you imagine if somebody, like, was anybody a jerk? Like, uh, you heard, you told me John Wall wasn't the nicest guy in the world, right? Yeah, I mean, he signed a bunch of stuff for us, though. But, like, you're giving them a $50,000 aquarium. Could you imagine? Imagine if somebody said no. Like, what would you have done if they said, no, I'm not going to sign something for you? Um, you know, I probably would have <laughs> left, the, left the aquarium with a leak. No. I, you know what? Look, people are the way they are. And like I said, that, luckily, everybody was, was nice enough to sign a lot of the things. So what I did was is uh, I took all the jerseys and all the, fra- all the uh, pictures and I framed everything, you know, professionally, as if you see here in the, at some of the sports stores in the mall. Yep. And uh, when we opened Stallone's. Um, I had a lot of my stuff was sitting in storage. Uh, you know, I just sold my house, so I put a lot of it away. And I don't think I'm going to ever go back to that size house again that's going to be able to fit all the memorabilia that I've collected over the years. Um, so I figured what better way – the walls are free. Mm-hmm. You're paying for them anyway. So what better way to decorate than put up yeah. my memorabilia? And then what I'm going to do for the public is is I'm going to put it all up for sale once mm-hmm. the grand opening comes. So it's kind of going to be a pizza restaurant slash sports memorabilia store where people can literally buy stuff right off the walls. I love that. I only have one complaint. Okay, Uh-oh. You have all this cool sports memorabilia and all the emblems of all the local teams, right? The Aces, the Knights UNLV. You have a Nevada emblem in there. And all I'm saying is there's going to be some Las Vegas UNLV fans that aren't going to like that. That's all I'm going to say. And that's because... Well, Nevada, it's oh, UNR. Yeah, but I mean, I got UNR. It's a rival, and I, man. And I got UNLV. So I know you do. But... So it's, 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 you know, they're, they're going to have to compromise. You know Fair what I'm enough. saying? They're going to have to compromise, you know? Fair enough. Every once in a while, the Dems and the Republicans agree. So, you know. You know what's funny? Can I just tell a quick story? Quick story. You know, me Go and ahead. Brett, me and Brett have great debates, but me and Brett have the relationship where it doesn't matter how personal we get with politics. We always joke around about it at the end. There's some people that, you know, don't don't see it that way, but that's what I like about his friends too. I'll walk in there and I'll get them all riled up. You know, I'll say like if they're not a Joe Biden supporter, I'll say, "Wow, Joe Biden Biden is the best president of all time." And and if someone's in there that's a Trump supporter, I'll say, you know, I'll I'll, I'll call Trump a very bad name. And I just love getting his chefs all riled up. It's he really does. funny. He, he gets them all riled up. <laughs> but you know what? Look, it's look. The bottom line is, is politics to me is a great conversation piece. But when you're friends, you're friends. It shouldn't it shouldn't really matter what is in between. You yes. know, I mean, politics I shouldn't agree. make friendships. I agree with you 150. Yeah, I mean, if you're a good person, you're a good person. It doesn't matter if you disagree on politics or not. Uh, I would like to think that most of the people that I know uh, – listen, uh, I'll give you a perfect example. Ron Futrell. Okay, Ron Futrell is a hard righty, way to the right of you, like way to the right. right. We had a conversation the other night for two hours on the phone. We were yelling at each other, and then I can hear his wife in the background, get off the phone. I'm talking to Brian, you know, and it's like a two-hour conversation. And then at the end of the conversation, we're like, 
man, why didn't we just do this on the show? We just wasted two hours. And but but I know Ron is a great guy. Yeah. He's a good husband. He's a good father. We disagree. I think his politics are a little Looney Tunes, but it's okay though it's because okay. he's a good guy. It's you know? okay to agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah, you know that's right. what. They'll... But why do people take it so personal? People hate me because I I'll, I'll take us. You know me. I poke the bear on, on on social media sometimes. But people can't stand me because I make jokes and people take it so personal. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you. Tell why. me why. Because they don't know you. Right. They just know you from the show. Right. And they know you as that as your political stance as being that person, right? Right. So if they've never gone to lunch with you, they've never hung right, out with right, you right. outside or gone to a game with you like I have or gone to sports or, you know, gone to a bar or a restaurant with you and hung out with you outside of this. They only see you as, you know, from doing, you know, your last show, seeing you as mm-hmm. this guy Brian who is this political <laughs> uh jerk. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That's yeah. the word I was Douchebag. looking for. <laughs> that too. But at the end, of, at the end of the day, I, I think that's what it comes down to. I think that you know, if if if, you, if you're able to separate the two, friendship from politics. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you know, on the friendship side, you're a great guy. On the politics yeah. side, you're an ass. I have to say this. Yeah, you're right. I have to say this on the air. Um, you know, my prior show, uh, there were some issues. Uh, the Vegas take. I'll just say the name. I don't care. And. Uh, while I would complain a lot about the situation that I was in, and I'm not going to go into detail, um, I wasn't making the right decisions uh, with the radio show or perhaps in my life. And Brett is one of those guys. And he does this with a lot of his close friends where he just tells it like it is. He just gave it to me one day, and it just made me think, okay, this is what I have to do with my life. This is what I do. But you seem to do that with so many people, and it's just so – it's like nobody else I know. Listen, people just help people. Uh, randomly, which is great. You know, they do things for charity, but you seem to find something in people around you in your life. You say, I'm going to help this person, but I'm going to, you got to do it yourself, but I'm going to help guide you. But in the end, you have to want it, right? I mean, look, at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of people that grew up with no brothers and sisters. You know, they grew up with their parents, you know, working, doing different things. And, you know, over the years, it just sometimes you just need somebody in your life to really give you that boot kick, you know, where you're literally just you want you got to hear it. You got to hear it. And the one thing about me is, is that. I see good in everybody, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what. You can be someone that just came out of jail or you could be wherever. I always try to find that good and then work on that good part and bring that good part forward, right? Because once people start realizing that they have good in them, all that other stuff starts to go away. It's, it's, it's the people thinking about that I can't do this or I can't do that. Don't become that 30-year bus driver, right, where you're sitting on your seat going, I wish I would have, could have, should have, this, that, the other thing because your life goes before you in a blink of an eye. And I always tell people, look, you can try 50 different things at once. You only need one to succeed. Right. That's it. But the bottom line is, is that if you stick to that one thing and you're, you know, and you want to be super successful, mm-hmm. sticking to that one thing might not be that avenue. You might have to go out and venture out of your comfort zone. And it's okay to fail as long as you learn from your mistakes. That's what I try to tell people all the time. Don't if you do the same mistakes more than once, you have nobody else to blame but yourself. Yeah. So what I try to do is I try to lift people up, motivate them. Bottom line is is look, if I can do it, anyone can do it. You know, I'm no better than anybody else. I'm not I wasn't the smartest guy in college. You know, I did okay in school. I just I have something in me. It's called I never quit. You can't tell me Brett Raymer can't do something. But did you ever think early on in your life that you would be like a reality TV star? Or that, is that just one of those no, things I'm where a, it just happened? No, it's actually, it's funny, is because I always thought I was going to be a famous athlete. I always believed What in, sport? Baseball, I football. I thought you were going to say sumo wrestling. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Baseball, football. <laughs> you know, I really believe that uh, going, growing up, I was, you know, a, a, an amazing athlete. You I had was, injuries, right? Yeah. Then yeah. I tore my ACL, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my senior year of high school. And then I tore my second ACL when I was 21. 
So my kind of my, my careers went out the window. But you know That's what? That's young to, to be going through that stuff. If you ask my mom, and, and I think you've met my mom, right? I, I have. Yeah, yeah she's so a very I, nice lady. So yep. my mom will be here next next month uh, after mm-hmm. the grand opening in a couple of weeks, and uh, you can even ask her. You know, the bottom line is, I, I grew up. I, I was always the kid that would there would be a crowd of people in the house, and mom would have friends over, and I would go in my closet and pull out my best shoes and start tap dancing because I wanted to be famous, mm-hmm. and I wanted to show everybody. I would always sing, and I would do whatever it took to try to be in the limelight. And then in high school, I got voted class clown. So as time- <laughs> That's what I got voted. <laughs> that's funny, right? <laughs> that's funny. So that's why we're friends, right? <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was definitely class clown. And so was I. Yeah, yeah. So you know, as time went on, I just started thinking about it. I'm like, I'm never going to be an athlete. And then all of a sudden, I started watching reality TV, uh, Orange County Choppers, and I was like, boom, that's it. I could do it. I could become famous. This is the easy route. I think I can make this happen. And that's how it happened. I just uh, I wanted to become famous. So I, I worked at it for three years, filmed my show, shopped it, and then I sold it to Animal Planet myself. When was the first moment where you realized, wow, this is going to be a hit? This reality TV show, because I would imagine when you're filming a pilot, when you're getting this thing going, you're hoping that it's going to be a hit. But yeah. there's always that, boy, I'm just not sure. When was the first moment when you said, okay, I did it? Well, I believe I always believed that it was going to be a hit. So, uh, you know, you really? always got yeah, you always got to believe in. I mean, I but I, you're still worried, right? Because you're not you, sure. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm an optimist. I'm not a pessimist. I don't. I don't worry. I, I just believe in it. <laughs> Opposite I, of me, I worry about things every day, and I don't worry about anything. <laughs> I'm just like I'm going to do it. It's going to be successful. I I I I don't set myself up to fail. <laughs> But I set myself a goal. I need dating advice for you because when I'm out with an attractive woman, which is rare, but when it does happen from time to time, I'm worrying during the meal, I'll be worrying to myself, should I make out with her? Should I go for the kiss? Should I give her a hug? And I know I shouldn't be thinking about these things, but I am. You shouldn't. And you probably never think like never. that. You're just like, have a good time. Never. Let's have fun. Go with the flow and whatever happens happens. Yeah. I right? mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> dwell. I don't, there's no dwelling for me. You know, I just go and move forward. Like this yeah. restaurant. I know I've never been in the restaurant business before, but I've wanted to open a restaurant and I know what it takes to be successful. I know that you need good customer service, I know that you need good food, and I know you need a clean place. So if you have those three things, the money's gonna come. So the bottom line is, is that I always try to look for the for the good in everything. So at the end of the day, I'm gonna tell you when I really thought I knew the show was gonna be successful. I told my kids, uh, 2011, the show aired on a, I believe it was a Friday night, and it was in August. It was middle of August. And you know we go to back to school here at the end of August. Right. So I had to take my kids clothes shopping. So Friday night the show airs. Saturday morning the next day I wake up with my kids and I'm like, kids, all right, last night the TV show's on. Today's the day your life is going to be changed forever. I go, we're going to go outside and people are going to recognize your dad all over the place. And they're like, shut up, dad. No <laughs> one's going to recognize you. And it happened. We pull up to Tilly's. We get out of the car at Tilly's. And as soon as we step out of the car, kid goes to his mom, 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 there's the guy from TV last night. There's the guy from TV last night. Is that weird for you? It was just, at first I was like, oh my God, I can't. Then we walk into Tilly's and people are whispering. There's the guy from Tank last night. Oh my God. Oh my God. And, and you hear them I was like, this, I said, yeah. I told my kids, I was like, you see, you see, things are going to change. So I'm wondering how I would have responded. Like if somebody rec- uh, recognized my dad, not from a mug. No, my dad's never been arrested. I was going to say mugshot. That, that's not appropriate. But no, I'm just, I'm serious though. Like I'm wondering as, as they laughed, son, they laughed. Like, my like kids that's, laughed. I that's kind of cool. I would think that would be kind of cool. Hey, people know who my dad is. My dad's this guy. That's, I, w- I would think that's kind of cool. And it didn't get to the point where like, you're not Brad Pitt, where it's getting no. annoying, where everywhere you go. But once in a while, it's nice to have people that recognize you. Uh, you know what? Look, yeah. it just shows that we're doing it. Which shows that we're doing a good job. So when I, you want to know when I really knew I made it internationally, right, is when we went to Dubai and we're filming an episode in Dubai called Fish Out of Water. 
and we're right in the middle of filming, and we're in the Atlantis Hotel, you know, filming with the crowd and everything, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, right in the middle of filming, these two, you know, awesome gentlemen walk up, they're fully dressed in garb, you know, turbans on, the whole nine yards, and the dude looks at me, he looks at Wade, he looks at his friend, and he looks back and he goes, yeah. Oh my God! I can't believe I see my favorite guy. I cannot believe that you guys are here. You- it's like coming to America when he recognizes the prince yes. outside the bathroom. Because you, yeah. you, the funniest guy ever. You make fun of this guy like I'd never seen before. You make me laugh. So he gives me a big hug. So what's funny is, is that we're in the middle of filming. So they capture all this. So if you actually go back and watch, did he epi- talk like that? Oh, like, I swear to God, that's if great. you go back and you watch the episode, the Dubai episode, you'll see yeah. like when they do like the coming attractions. Yeah, you'll actually see the two guys walk up and hug me and Wade. You don't get uncomfortable at all. With no, that not at all. Okay, can I get? Let me give you a quick story because it doesn't happen to me anywhere near as much. I'm just some AM talk show. It happens to you all the time, and I have a face for radio. But with although we do go to the same barber. But with that being said, I'm at the DMV six months ago. Okay, and. I'm pissed off because I have to renew my registration, and I'm an idiot. I didn't make an appointment. So I show up. There's a long line, and I'm bitching and moaning to, to people that are in line and I'm talking to this lady behind him. I'm like, this sucks, doesn't it? She's like, yeah, this does suck. And I'm like, we're going we're gonna to be here for an hour and a half. The, this guy overhears me, and, he, and, and he's working at the DMV. He's got like a name tag, and he's like, hey, uh, are you Brian? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I used to listen to your show, The Vegas Take, all the time. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. So I, I shake his hand, and I'm thinking, oh, this is, this is really nice. We have someone that used to listen to me on the radio uh, at that station. And I'm, I'm like, cool. And I, so, I, so nice conversation. And then he goes, come with me. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? He's like, listen, I take care of people here. I take care of Floyd Mayweather. This was the place in Henderson. I'm going to take care of you. He cuts me in front of the line does my registration for me, gives me a discount, I'm in and out of there, and then I walk back this lady, and she gives me this evil look, like, you SOB, right? And I'm out of there, and these people are still waiting in line. I felt a little guilty. Should I not feel guilty? Absolutely not. He cut me in front of the line, and he took care of me, just Absol- because I'm some stupid AM radio talk show. You're a reality TV star. I'm just a talk, a stupid no, talk show host. I, I, know when you, when you re- I know when you really made it. You want to know when you really made it? Yes, I'm going to tell, tell you, when, tell you when you really made it. So I'm walking through the M Casino about six weeks ago, maybe seven weeks ago. Guy comes over to me, and he's like, hey, hey, you're, you're that guy, Brett, the fish tank guy. I'm like, yeah. He goes, where's your good friend, Brian? He goes, where's Brian? You know, the, the radio me, show. I love me. you. He goes, I love you guys on the radio show. He goes, where is that guy? He's not with you right now? I'm looking at him. I'm like, so you know me from the show? He goes, oh, I love when you're on the show. He goes, Brian's my favorite. He goes, where is he? And he kept asking for you. And I was like, you know what? Brian's not with me right now, but I'll definitely let him know. That's awesome. That, yeah. So he That's was pretty damn cool. Brian Salmon from Channel 3 gave me a story like that. Brian Salmon's at a Vegas Golden Knights game, okay? Brian Salmon. Vegas Golden Knights game. And somebody looks at his badge and like, you're Brian Salmon, right? I love it when you're on the show with Brian Shapiro <laughs> and Brian Salmon's on TV. It's like, he told me that same story. I just, I, it, it's super cool. You know, it's super cool when you get uh, situations like that and you're appreciated, whether it's a radio show or whether um, it's a TV show. It's awesome. hundred percent, man. You got to take the perks, bro. Look, yeah. we worked hard for it. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, I work multiple jobs. I had a TV show. I had a business. You know what we were, what we're doing is we're entertaining the public. We're doing a job that's entertaining the public. And if the public loves us and they want to give us perks, by all means, yeah. you should take them. You've you've been in Las Vegas a long time, like me. I've been here. You probably been. I've been here about twenty years. Ninety four. Okay, so you've been here longer than me. I love this city. 
Me I too. never want to live this city, and I've been. I, I never wanted to leave this city, and I've been offered jobs even recently. I've been offered radio jobs outside of uh, the state of Nevada, and I said I don't want to leave this city. I love it here. Tell me why you love Las Vegas so much. So I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I love the fact that everything's brand new. Yeah, you know, uh, nothing's old here in Las Vegas. You know, it's it, it's pretty amazing that uh, you know the city is is probably one of the newest cities, you know, in, in America. So uh, that is amazing. I like the two degree. I call it two degrees of separation here. I go, we have two million people that live in Las Vegas, and we all live within 45 minutes of each other, and we have nobody on the outside. There's no cities. I mean, I don't look at Pahrump or anything like St. George. You know, that's too far away. But, you know, most of these big cities like California, you got Orange County, you got L.A., you got everything next to each other, and people can drive back and forth from city to city and mm-hmm. intermingle, and you get more people. Here we have two million people, and when we get visitors, they don't come to the – your neck of the woods. They stay on the strip. So at the end of the day, you know, I just like the fact that, you know, we're a really close-knit family. I like the fact that the city has grown tremendously by adding sports teams. Um, I like the fact that we're a hop, skip, and a jump from L.A., from mm-hmm. Wyoming, from Utah. That if we want to go skiing or do any winter sports, we can go. Um, I also love the fact that the sun shines every day. I mean, nothing is 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 more amazing than waking up every pretty much every day and the sun is shining i mean that's just you know you live in seattle you live in places like new york the snow the dismal the depressing here i don't care if it's cold out the sun is still shining you go outside you look up in the sun and you feel like you're connected so the mountains you know being a new york guy being a in being a east coast guy we get to wake up to mountain ranges every day i mean that in itself sunshine mountain ranges you know Big city, five minutes away, top chefs in the world, you know, gaming, entertainment. I mean, we have it all. A lot I mean, of options. And it's the only thing we don't have is the beach. Um, I don't have many criticisms for Las Vegas because, like you, I love it here, and I agree with everything you said. Uh, the dating scene's a little strange. Uh, it's it's a, it's a it's a different type of town for that. But I would say that the we don't have a ton of culture here. We're getting there. It's getting better. We don't have a ton of culture. I agree with you. I love the weather. Uh, not only that, but even traffic. There's like no traffic here. It's not that yeah. bad. I mean, yeah, if you're driving on rush hour, uh, the 15 the spaghetti ball. It's going to be 20 minutes maybe. But I've never been in a huge traffic jam in Las Vegas ever. Maybe 15. 20 20 minutes. That's it. I mean, we got two freeways here. I mean, yeah. you know, we got the I mean, three. We got the 95, the 215, and the 15. I mean, right. the 15 is always, you know, if you're going to California to and from, it's crowded. But the, the loop around the city, mm-hmm. I mean, once they open that up, I mean, that is an expressway. And the great thing is there's no tolls. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's mm-hmm. it, you don't have to stop. I mean, people get in and out. They yeah. have a nice lane on the yeah, side. Yeah, no taxes here, man. It's great. I mean, yeah. look, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think Vegas is getting, a, it's a little crowded right now to me. You know, our, 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 our housing prices have shot through the roof um it's hard you know to to really even buy a house right now mm-hmm. you know if you're every time you go to look to buy a house you got 30 people you got a bid against you're going to pay thirty thousand dollars above the cost of which is probably already ma- max inflated you know what i mean so right. like i said i love las vegas i'm, I'm always going to be here i'm always going to have a place here uh, my kids were born here uh but I, I i believe that i do have dealings in florida and I, I just got back for three weeks. And let me tell you, being on the beach and just being, you know, in that weather and just it's there's something different about being on the beach. Yeah, you know? I, I was just in Honolulu uh, several months ago. And you're right. It's, it's, it's a different feel. But I got to be honest with you. After a little while, the beach gets boring to me. No, I, that's why I like to. That's why I, I couldn't go every day. I don't like sand in my shoes. But 
to to do it like I do now, where I'm able to go to Florida for three weeks and then travel like you know every other month and go out with one of the companies I'm doing mm-hmm. business with, is just a, is a blessing to me. Yeah. And if I stick with these guys for which I know I will be for a long time, I see myself you know eventually getting a place in Florida yeah. just to kind of go down there and hang out when the weather's nice. Yeah, and- no, I don't blame you. Florida's beautiful. I love Florida. I don't like their governor very much, but that's another story for another show. Uh, but uh, if you're just joining us, we are joined by reality TV star Brett Raymer. We got his new restaurant Stallone's in Henderson that just recently opened up a few weeks ago if you're if you've listened to this show you've heard those wonderful spots that our friend chris Wynn has uh voiced for us uh but uh brett we, we need you to re- record one of those ads yeah absolutely uh, so we, just let everybody know stale. it's so it's actually it's actually las vegas but it's on oh, it it's on the border so it's, so it's pa- okay so. it's on the border of henderson but it's actually Las Vegas because it's past the windmill exit. It it, it it's it's sort a, of it, well it's Silverado. it's Silverado Ranch exit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the Silverado Ranch. And exit. that's not considered Henderson. No, it's considered so Las South Vegas. So South Point's not considered Henderson. No M, the M. I, that's I where Henderson starts. Well, I know the M is, right. but I thought okay, I didn't know that because I lived on Windmill in the two fifteen, and I always consider that Henderson. Yeah, that might be. So there's yeah. the, the, like it depends on where the cutoff. But because yeah. I, I know this because of our permitting, I know that we're in the in the in Las Vegas. I never knew so that. In the city. So yeah, and you're so, in a plaza with some pretty uh, cool other stores. There's a good burger joint right next door. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Slater's fifty fifty. Everybody knows it. We're literally a couple of doors down. I there's mean, like an Asian supermarket there too. That's, Filipino, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Filipino. Filipino. Yeah, yeah Filipino. So, so it's pretty cool. You, you, uh, there's a Seven Eleven in that complex there. Uh, God, you, you got there's a, that Dunkin' Donuts, Citibank. Yeah, I, I mean, love Dunkin' Donuts. It's Harry's Coaster. You got to like Dunkin' Donuts. Love Dunkin' Donuts. So it's a very busy plaza. Busy plaza. You've been very busy the first couple weeks uh, yeah. opening up this restaurant, right? And and I would say the food is is the main benefactor. You have a lot of friends here, but if the food's not good, people aren't going to come back. Correct. The food is awesome. Food is amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it because it's my food. Obviously, we've had a, a zillion people come in. We've had a lot of reviews. Um, we wanted to be as close to New York food as possible. Uh, we sell slices. Um, a lot of places don't sell slices. You know, you have to buy whole I made pies. that argument that you had to have slices. Uh, honestly, it was, because of, it was because of you. And let me tell you, it was a great idea with the dance studio being next door. People want to be in and out. It's not that they don't want more no. pizza. It's that they just want a quick lunch and they want to be out the door. Right? 100%. I was at, can I just say this? I love the Bagel Cafe. Okay, and they don't sponsor my show. Um, I got a little frustrated there today, and it was nobody's fault. It was just really busy there, and it wasn't their fault. Right. Good food, just like at your place. Sometimes places are going to be busy, and you can't get the food as fast as you would have liked. I've got a little I'd rather hard. go to a place that's busy than a place that has no right. one in it. But like your place, it's good food over there. Correct. You know, and but but. The slice thing is, you know, the problem is if you have to make an entire pie for somebody, it's going to take a little longer, right? Lunch break, people want to go get in and out at least as fast as possible. Give me a slice. So do you do like lunch specials there too, right? Yeah. So we have a lunch special right now. It's a six ninety nine. You get two cheese slices and a Coke and a twenty four ounce fountain drink for six ninety nine. That's a good deal. Yeah. If you get a you get a, a split special where you have like a pepperoni and a cheese, it's seven ninety nine. And if you get two specials, which is like two pepperoni, it's eight ninety nine. So the bottom line is, is that, uh, yeah, we, we, we do slices in and out quick. Totally agree with you. Lunch, you know, just a quick, people want to just, people these days are, you know, want to hop, hop in and out quick. So yeah, I, I completely understand that. But it's funny is, uh, you know, you were talking about, you know, service and crowded and people. So, you know, there's people use Yelp all the time, right? The and reviews. Yeah, the yeah. reviews, right? Yep, yep. So, you know, I just want to talk for a minute and vent because we just started on Yelp and we have 12 reviews and- I think 10 of them are all fives. Right. Two of them are ones. And the two people that gave us ones didn't even eat in the place, right? So <laughs> one, yeah, one person call, one person calls up and says, I want to order a couple of pizzas and then turns around and says, um, we'll be down to pay cash. 
well, we were like, we need a credit card to hold it. If you want to pay cash, you get down here. It's no problem. He's like, I can't believe this. I need camera. Blah, blah, blah. You know, complaining the fact that we want to take some sort of a payment to protect ourselves because I know that if somebody comes in and pays, buys a $150 order and they want to pick it up and then all of a sudden their car gets a flat tire, their kid has an emergency, who's right. going to get stuck paying for it? I am. Right. So the bottom line is, is we want to cover our ass. So. Right. He, I got. That's one reason. Then the second reason is, lady comes in on the second day that we're open. The place is packed on a weekend, right? And she can't get to the kiosks because there's three people online, and you just got to wait your turn. Mm-hmm. And she writes a, another Yelp review, one star, that the place was chaos, that she couldn't get the kiosk. So we get two ones, but nobody's eating the food. Idiots. All ten people that ate the food, all ten people that have eaten the food have basically um, loved it to death. So are you talking, are one of the Yelp revol- a guy by the name of Larry. Yeah. Can I read it? Yeah, go ahead, read it. Because it's stupid. But See, I'm getting old. I have to take off my glasses. You know what? Why don't we do this? Before I read it, we'll take a break, okay. and then we'll come back, and I'll read one of Brett's bad reviews, and then I'm going to read your response to it, which Great. I think is an appropriate response. Some guy named Larry who gave you a one star. Perfect. And by the way, I, I could speak for myself on this one, and I think a lot of people would agree with me. I've been into this restaurant several times. Some of the best Italian food in Las Vegas, and I'm not just saying that because Brett is my friend. The first time I tried your meatballs, I was in love with your balls. Your meatballs. I'm sorry. <laughs> your meatballs. Uh, I was in love with your meatballs. Uh, the pizza's awesome. Uh, the food, that the lasagna is great. The cheesecake is out of this world, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about your relationship with some of your chefs there, including your head chef there, yep. Chef Louie, who is a great guy. I always love getting into it with him in politics, but he's a great guy. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this with reality TV star and my good friend Brett Raymer talking about his new restaurant, Stallone's. Be back right after this. You're listening to The Pushing and Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. It's Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. My good friend, reality TV superstar Brett Raymer. Uh, I want to tell you guys real quickly about a place that I gamble at, and I play slot machines from time to time. That would be Jackson's Bar and Grill. And my good friend Brian Slipok, who uh, runs that place, does such a wonderful job. Here's the great place about Jackson's, besides the fact that they also have great food, great gaming, great bartenders, great place to go to. If you walk into Jackson's, which is located on Jones and Flamingo, and you mention this show, Pushing the Limits, with Brian Shapiro, yours truly, uh, sign up for a player's card. You're going to get $10 free play. But you got to mention the name of the show. $10 free play right off the bat. He also has great specials where if you hit a, a jackpot that's taxable, you get 10% free play. So if I hit a $4,000 royal, you're also going to get an extra $400 in free play. So check them out, please. Jackson's Bar and Grill. It's awesome. It's one of my favorite places to play and one of my favorite places just to hang out and grab a drink. Jackson's Bar and Grill located at Jones and Flamingo. It is awesome. And, of course, one of my other favorite places to eat right now is Stallone's. Brett Raymer, the owner of Stallone's uh, Italian Eatery, which is located on East Silverado. All right, so, Brett, we were talking a little bit about all the great reviews you've had, you're always going to get a few idiots, okay? With all due respect, I called them that. You did. Uh, yeah, that's all good. Uh, so we had one guy uh, named Larry who gave you a bad review of Stallone's. Here's what he said. I'm going to read it yeah, verbatim. Yeah. I'm not adding anything. What a chaotic hot mess. Walked into three to four full picnic tables. The tables were full with folks uh, waiting for their takeout orders. So nowhere to dine. No one to greet you or help. Evidently, you order from touch pads with pictures, no wait service. We weren't going to wait for tables to clear after they take their orders. As it was apparent, no one was cleaning tables. Behind the counter, it was mass chaos and very loud. Maybe they will make it as a takeout place, but don't plan on dining in. We left without ordering and won't return. When your first impression is terrible, you don't get another chance. Very disappointed. You did. Re- Do you want me to respond or, or, or read your response? Yeah, yeah, read your, yeah, go ahead. Your response was, we understand your review 
We sent you a DM. We want to make it right. We never want an unhappy customer. But we certainly understand your point of view and your review. Now, you're being very nice. You're doing what an owner should do. I will give you my response would have been, what the hell are you talking about? The tables are clean. There are people cleaning the tables. The reason it was full in there, when a restaurant is full, where would you like them to stay in their cars? They're welcome to sit down and have a seat. Uh by the way, we're not the only person that uses touchpads. Just about every new place has touchpads. Uh, you know, uh, should we be riding horses everywhere? Or should we be using cars? It's it's absolutely ridiculous what this guy is saying. Uh, your place is clean, by the way. It's not loud in there. I don't know what he's talking about uh, behind there. It's not loud. It's, well, it's, it was loud because we were so busy. They well, still communicating. You're busy, but yeah. what is he talking about? The touch pads. Should we be really? I mean, I'm serious. Should we be riding horses everywhere? Hey, I got to get on my horse and go to the Thomas and Mack Center today. Things change. Uh, you know, it's evolution of technology. Why would you complain about that? I, I, people will complain about anything brett that's why i couldn't do what you do i wouldn't last a second doing what you do because i would say you know and i know you can't do this as an owner you're doing the right thing but i would say get the hell out of here <laughs> read the next one all right all right i'll read the next one because uh, i'll tell you my it? response i'll give you my uh, response. okay matthew there's a guy named matthew yeah. okay you don't have a response for this one yet i don't think. i do but I'm, i sent okay. it directly to him okay. i'm gonna read okay. you I all can right see let it. me read you a, a bad review you got from stolen's one more bad one and Go by ahead. the way uh the overwhelming majority are good reviews because it's good food, good service, and you got good people there, many of whom I know personally. All right, here's what he said. Another bad review. Thank you for that review, Larry, by the way. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure to uh, wait in the technology of the 1800s when it comes to restaurants. Don't worry. Uh, all right, Matthew, here's what he said. I've been looking forward to trying this place for at least a month now. Being a New Yorker, I love pizza, and I eat it frequently. Okay, so so far, he's reasonable. He said, I decided to order a large cheese pie today. Total was $18, which is a little high for a 16-inch cheese. I respectfully disagree with what he just said. I think that's about average. Uh, But if it was good, I wouldn't mind the extra. Upon checkout, the girl asked me if I'm ready with my credit card info. She said, I have to pay with credit card over the phone or come in, then place order and pay cash. I have never heard of such a thing. You can't place an order over the phone and pay cash upon picking up order. This is such an inconvenience to a customer which would probably make me never return there i said okay thank you and ordered from my regular pizza place right right. so i so i honestly so that's two reviews not neither one of them have eaten in my place right and they all just don't like my rules okay so i wrote him you know unfortunately when you are a new business you can't afford to have orders sitting and not paid for our first night a 200 dollars order sat and we had to eat it one star because we are new and looking out for our new business i think is harsh but we respect your opinion sorry for the inconvenience come have a pie on me what is wrong with some of these people i don't know man. again you're doing it the right way that's it you're, you're handling it exactly the way you should but first of all if i own a business I don't want somebody ordering 10 pizzas and not paying for it. Correct. Because as you said, you take it you know where in your rear. If you order the 10 pizzas, who cares if you take down their number? They can give you a fake number. And if you're not paying for it up front and they don't show up, that's money out of your pocket. I don't blame you for wanting to pay up front. That's what people should do. Things, ha- things happen in life. You know, if somebody gets a flat tire, somebody's right. kid has an emergency, something happens, we shouldn't be the ones suffering for their headache. Yeah. The bottom line is, is that if they, people want to pay cash, they can give a credit card over the phone. We'll take that credit card. We won't bill it. And then what we'll do is when you come in, we'll take your cash. Yeah. 
And you can order online with a credit card, too, and pick it up, too. So we try to make it – our system is all digital. We, everything is yeah. digital about our place. By the way, you, this is the same guy who probably orders from Papa John's or something, you know, the worst pizza in the world. You know, uh, I, I mean, this is the, these are the type of people who probably order – they want to get their $4.99 uh, – three pizzas for four ninety nine, and it tastes like cardboard. Exactly. But they don't even know what good pizza tastes like, you know? We want to give – I mean, like I said, you come in I'm, – I'm, 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 I'm there a lot of the times, you know? Like I try to want to greet people. The place is open, and I want to make it so that – you know, people enjoy themselves and, and, and get good service and good food when they come there. But when people write reviews like that for never even eating our food, it's just, it just, it's, it's, it's it bewilders me. So, so I'm confused what you're showing me, Numchuck. Are these, are these more bad reviews? I don't even know what this is. Yeah, get on the air. Wow, this is a rare. Numchuck never gets on the air. So Go ahead. That's his Yelp profile. He's made three reviews. Oh, okay. You, okay, I understand now. I understand what you're doing. Okay, you made three reviews. Okay, I got you. No, I he, got you. The guy did, right? The guy, yeah, so, and, yeah. and they're all so, bad? So, and they're all bad? Let, wait, let me read another one. I'm sorry, Numchuck. I'm an idiot. I didn't really understand what I was looking at. There. So the guy who just gave you that review, who who is a crybaby, uh, who's talking about, eh, well, I have to pay $18 for pizza pizza. Just what a, what an idiot. Anyway, okay, why don't you just go and get a $5 7-Eleven pizza then if you think it's too expensive. All right, uh, he made a review about Nevada made marijuana. So this is someone who smokes marijuana. Uh, I would uh, be willing to bet that based on his reviews, he probably does other drugs as well. Uh, this is the review he made about Nevada made marijuana. Brett, are you ready for this? Here I'm ready. This place used to be my favorite. Oh, it starts out just like, you know, kind of like yours. I was so looking. This place used to be my favorite. Once they moved, they have no good deals and their product is okay at best. No more crumble or shatter for $20 on Wednesday, Saturday. Plus, they started adding taxes. Yeah, because they have to, you dope. <laughs> it's called the law, you idiot. It's like it's like this guy thinks that all of a sudden they just had to add taxes, uh, that, that, that they did it on their own. Oh, you know, maybe we should just screw our customers more and, and let's charge them. No, it's called the law, you idiot. God, this is the guy you gave a free pizza to? Oh, no, I offered him one. He hasn't come what in. What a jerk. Redeemed it, but. Uh, then he's like, <laughs> excuse me, then he's like giving dispensaries on other places like he's trying to advertise other places and stuff what a weirdo uh he did a one star okay who does this what a loser he did a one star yelp of the u.s post office who does that (laughs) who goes to the who goes to the post office and gives them a one star i'm gonna tell you what happened he probably went in and saw his picture Got pissed. <laughs> he might have. <laughs> you're right. Please, read that. Please right. read that one. Brett, this is unbelievable. I know. Uh, okay, so this guy, Matthew, who's given you a bad Yelp review, and he just gave a bad Yelp review to some marijuana dispensary because he's angry because they have to tax people. Now, it's a law, you dope. All right, here we go. This is Matthew who went into the post office and apparently had a very bad experience. Went postal. Uh, maybe he was trying to mail one of his blow-up dolls to a family member. I don't know. All right, here's what, here's what he said. You ready for this? He goes, this is really fun. I don't know if I'm going to get through this. Sent my mother out a Christmas card on December 29th. First of all, why are you going to the post office? Wait a minute. Who sends their mom a card for Christmas on December 29th? I think you missed it, you're, pal. You're, you're a few days late. You're a, bit, you're a little bit of a procrastinator. Or, or you're sending it early for next year. Do you not? Not have a mailbox? Why do you have to go to the post office to send a letter out? That, that's a little strange. I mean, I get it if you need to buy stamps and stuff, but this is a little strange. Okay, so right off the bat, this guy's an idiot, right? First of all, why are you sending a card on December 29th? You're cutting it close there, pal. Then he says he sent out uh, two gift cards and cash. 
I'm aware cash should not be mailed. Yeah, dope. You probably shouldn't put cash in an envelope because people can see it and steal it. I hope he saves up enough cash, Brett, so he can buy one of your pizzas. Anyway, uh, he said, it's going on three weeks. My mom has yet to receive it. Its destination was North Carolina. I figured with the holidays and New Year's, it may be running late. I stopped into the post office three days ago and explained the situation to the supervisor. And he said, possibly maybe running late, but more than so, a mail carrier stole it. He goes, are you serious? With a question mark. It's complete nonsense. No, it's not complete nonsense. You put cash in an envelope. People can see it. That's like putting your keys in your car with leaving the door wide open. I mean, I, it's just stupid. When, when, when his mom's postal uh, guy showed up, he showed up with a new car. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right, it goes on. He says, uh, it's complete nonsense. He said a few employees got fired due to stealing but didn't get prosecuted. Isn't that a federal offense, he says. All right, do I even even have to read more for no, this no, idiot? No, no, What a moron. But, you know, I just, I don't mind. What re- can you do about that? You, I, you can't do about morons giving you bad reviews. I'm going to, I'm going to, you can, you can go back to Yelp and have them look yeah. at it. So I'm going to go and do that anyway. But the bottom line is, look, if people come to my restaurant, I want a, an honest review. We always tell people, look, if, if you, if you don't like my food, I want to know. You know, the bottom line is, but. That, that hasn't happened. You know, we, we worked really hard. The chefs work really hard. Like I said, I've met the chefs. I know the chefs through their food. Mm-hmm. But the way we met Chef Louie was kind of strange, right? Because he's from Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah. We grew up parallel to each other. He's 55. I'm 52. And Chef Louie is like a, a spot-on impersonation of Joe Pesci. Exactly. He's about the same height as Joe Pesci. He sounds like Joe Pesci. He's a big Raiders fan. I'm telling you, he could be one of those guys. I'm glad he's a very talented chef, yes. by the way. you got a great chef, great chefs there. But he could be one of those guys on Fremont Street, dressed up in a suit, dressed as Joe Pesci, who would make a lot of money. And he doesn't have to impersonate anybody. Just be himself. Absolutely. He is Joe Pesci. Pesci. Absolutely. And Louis, Louis, Louis is Brooklyn. And Am I a clown? Do I amuse you? Like, he's just, it's that guy. I meet him. I meet him through my girlfriend. Accidentally, she's jogging. She finds a place in Southern Highlands that's called Tuscan Highlands that had a bar in there. And the bar and grill, we go in there. I've the been there food, with you, yep. The food was amazing. That's the where you met was, John Gruden. Exactly. So yep. then I wind up meeting Chef Louis a year ago, and he we, grew, we find out he's from Brooklyn. And we grew up. So my best friend, brother, older brother, was Louis's best friend. And then I grew up with the younger guys, and he grew up with the older guys. So in Brooklyn, our whole time, we basically grew up with the same friends. So we knew everybody that was the same, but didn't know each other. So I feel like I know Chef Louie now, like like for fifty years, because, like I said, we just we we ran in the same circles. We know the same yeah. friends. We still speak. He's to very it. smart too. He knows how to run a restaurant. Oh, yeah. uh, you got a really good staff over there, which is obviously just as important as the food. I, I think he would agree with that. If you have good food, but you don't have the correct staff in place, then it's not going to work out. Hundred percent. Yeah. So that's obviously extremely uh, important. There's there's no doubt about that. All right. So you're going to have a grand opening. We were talking a little bit about it off the air. Even though you're open now, it's called what you'd call a soft. Opening. Talk to me about the uh, grand opening of your restaurant. Right. So right now we, we just soft open. We just opened the doors. We're not delivering right now. We're not doing catering. Um, we're just kind of prepping the staff and getting everything ready for the grand opening. Uh, but what we're going to do is on a Saturday night, March 26th, um, we're going to have a uh, dinner seating, um, but it's going to be a dinner show. And what we're going to do is we're going to do three seatings that evening. We're going to do a six. P- Excuse me, a 6 p.m., a 7.30, and a 9 o'clock show. And basically, you'll come in, you'll get a choice of, you know, an appetizer, a a main dish, a dessert, you know, some drinks. And we'll actually have uh, two strip performers performing there uh, at each one of these shows. We have uh, my good friend Gabriella Versace Mm -hmm. and uh, 
her friend, uh, I believe her name, hold on, let me pull it up here, right here, her good friend, uh, Nellie, Nellie Norris, mm-hmm. and uh, together these guys are, I believe, they're called Sugar and Spice. I like it. And what we're going to do it. is it, it seats 25 only, so it's a, it's a very private show. And it's going to be kind of like a, an interactive show where we get the crowd involved. Um, and it's family-style seating in the restaurants. Like, you know, we have picnic benches and yeah. booths. So everybody sits next to each other. So, you know, my thing is, is, look, we've all been away from each other for two and a half years. Some people have, you That's know, be, been away from their own family for that long. Right. So at our restaurant, once you come and eat once, you become family. That's how we look at it. So we're going to have everybody sit next to each other, hug up on everybody. You know, we're going to we're going to take this show to the next level and we really want to just have a good time. Basically, you know, as far as I see what's going on in the world, the pandemic has gone away. Um, you know, a, a lot of things have loosened up. If you see today, United Airlines just uh, backed their vaccine mandate out completely. That's I think that's going to start rolling over throughout the country. I think people by the end of this year, I think we'll be back to normal, and we want to show... I feel that way now. I do. Uh, the masks are, are, for the most part, gone, for the most part, and I, and I feel like uh, the casinos are back to normal. So you, you would never know we're in a pandemic if you walked into a casino or a crowded place, at least in Las Vegas these days, right? So I think we're pretty much there. The airlines uh, still have their mandates, and, and listen, a lot of people can argue it, but the bottom line is you could be stuck in a tube for hours and hours and hours, and you know, I was talking to a guy that agrees with you politically on a lot of... But, but he said he doesn't have a problem with the mask because just doesn't want to get sick. I mean, there's people that cough and sneeze. You could be sitting right next to them for four hours. So I don't necessarily have a problem. Do with what that. you want to do. I don't yeah. like. I don't have a problem with it. But my whole thing is, is that when you come into Stallone's and you're going to come to my dinner show, everybody's going to be on top of each other. We're all going to be sitting next to each other. When you walk out of there, you're going to people that you've never met before are going to become your family members and your friends. So you know? give me an op- uh, okay. There are some politicians like myself that you don't like. I won't gen- mention any names, but uh, <clears throat> Governor Sislak, uh, but. Uh, if he walked into your restaurant, you would welcome him with open arms, right? Yeah, I'm not. My, You're no, not like that. There's no politics in our restaurant. There's no politics. Yeah, I mean, we mean you could sit and talk. I was going to put up a Joe Biden poster, but you didn't want me to do that, so no, I, didn't, we, I didn't do it. We, uh, <laughs> we honestly, we just want people to come in and eat good food and have fun and you know enjoy. Feel like you're away. I had a guy that just drove. You look at one of the reviews on our social media page. He drove 35 miles to come to Stallone's. No way, that's awesome. And he goes, I live out by Aliante Station. That's a drive. And he goes. I would drive 135 miles to eat this food. He Isn't goes, that a great compliment? He gave me a yeah. name of some place in Jersey that's famous that he grew up, and he goes, I felt like I was sitting back in Jersey. He goes, this is a once-a-week spot for me and my wife. He goes, I love it. And that's what we want. We want people to come to our place, that's feel cool. like you just left a New York deli. You know, you got guys from Brooklyn, guys from Queens, guys mm-hmm. from Philly there. Everybody's East Coaster. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I remember I did a, a, a radio remote six, seven months ago, and I met some people that drove in, uh, a couple that drove in from San Diego just to meet me. And I was like, whoa, this is this is really cool. I, I, it's a nice feeling. You get that uh, nice feeling when people go out of their way. And Aliante is a little bit of a drive for lunch. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a really cool compliment. Have you had like any, cele- I know you've had a few celebrities roll in there. Who's who's come in there since you opened? So we had Marcel Aikman come in. We've had a couple of Raider coaches come in. Uh, I've been on the phone. I talked to Marshawn Lynch the other day. He's going to roll up sometime this week. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Johnny Damon was just in town. We tried to get him over but he was so busy with this golf tournament he just had a, he was in and out quick they're going to start rolling in left and right you know we'll see Flavor Flav we'll see this one we'll see that they'll all be there it's just a matter of time so there are some restaurants I, I take this from Curb Your Enthusiasm where they have like celebrity names for sandwiches and stuff like that would you ever I know you don't do that now but would you ever entertain something like that sure Absolutely. What would the Shapiro sandwich uh, entail? Would it be bland? Uh, what, if you had to make a Brian Shapiro item on the menu, 
Uh, what do you think it would be? What would you put in it? Oh, it'd be a giant ham sandwich. Because <laughs> you, 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 extra you salty. Tried, uh, extra, extra salty. Yeah. Extra salty. <laughs> extra, extra salty. With 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 maybe some with maybe some horseradish and, <laughs> and, and like and like a side of wasabi. <laughs> oh, wasabi. Yeah, we get that hotness. I couldn't eat it then if you put wasabi right. in there. I couldn't eat it. I think you should put like some uh, a lot of like extra mayo on it too extra because mayo. I like something that's very unhealthy, you know, but uh, I like that. If you had to make a Brett Raymer sandwich, what would it consist of? Uh, it, it would have a, a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. You know, that's all. You can't be more specific. No, than that. you know what? I, my favorite <laughs> sandwich. My favorite sandwich is I like a chicken. I like a chicken cutlet. Mm-hmm. I like a fresh mozzarella. I like uh, tomatoes and roasted red peppers with uh, balsamic mm. and a uh, little oil vinegar mm. and a little slight mayo. Delicious. I love – if we're talking Italian, I love lasagna. So I'm a I. huge lasagna So guy. we have something you know, We have something that we call uh, our famous lasagna sandwich. Tell me about that because that sounds good. I haven't had that yet. So it's on Texas toast, thick Texas toast, garlic Texas toast. Ooh. You get a piece of lasagna and then we cover it with sauce and smother it with cheese. Oh, my God. That sounds so good. So it sounds so good. You know, so our bread, just so everybody knows, so I, you know, we use Boar's Head cold cuts. And obviously, you know, Boar's Head is in Smith's, it's around Vegas, but if East Coaster, you know, Boar's Head is the top notch. So I always tell tell people, though, you can, the only way you can ruin a Boar's Head sandwich is by having bad bread. Oh. So what we did is we flew some bread in from back East and then took the bread to like 10 different vendors here in Vegas and couldn't find anybody to make it. We finally found this one lady here in town mm-hmm. to get as close, as close as possible. And she only makes the bread for us. So our sandwich bread uh, is only made for Stallone. So if you want true New York sandwich bread where you get that nice crunch when you bite into it and then you get the soft bread on the inside, you need to come check out our sandwiches. You, uh, you're surrounded by a lot of successful people also, including your girlfriend, who is a very, very successful real estate agent here in town. If you want to plug her, uh, plug what she does, because I yeah, think she, I, she's, she's awesome, by the way. Your girlfriend is so sweet and she's yep. so cool. And uh, she's also extremely smart and successful, if you want to bring that up. Yeah, so she um, she's a realtor at Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, she just received uh, one of the like Legend Award, you know, for I think it's Legend or Legion Award or some kind of award mm-hmm. that we went to last Friday. Super proud of her. Uh, her first year in, in, in business, she mm-hmm. did something like, you know, like $10 million worth of sales, uh, her business. And uh, she's amazing. Like I said, her name's Melinda Harrington. Uh, if you're looking for a um, piece of property or you yeah. want to buy, sell. Uh, you can look her up. She's at Berkshire Hathaway, and uh, she has her own website and everything. You're also a really good father. I know your son is here as well. I'll tell her really quickly a funny story, something my father never made me do, and that's why I became a lazy you-know-what. Uh, you guys have a lot of dogs. There was some dog feces in your backyard, and your son's job was to clean it up. And he was out there for a good solid 15 minutes or so. He was working. And when he came in, the look on his face was the look of absolute misery. Like, he kind of like, he didn't say it because he, he wouldn't, but he, he kind of like, Dad, I hate you. It was like that kind of look. But he did it. Yeah. But he, I think he knows this. And uh, I certainly understand that that make, that instills in you hard work and you don't get anything for free. And you do what I tell you to do, and you're going to get the dividends from it, and, and you're going to learn from it. And I just I saw that you that that part of you not only the way you are with your friends, but the way you are with your family, and it's 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 nice to see. That's I, I, I do remember that. I just yeah. remember the no, look on his face. I, I mean, it's kind of funny. That's all. I just remembered that. <laughs> the, the bottom line is, is that you know I try to instill the same principle how I yep. think yep. into my kids. Yes, 
we we are yes we do well yes we have you know good in business and yes my kids can have anything they want sure but they gotta, gotta earn, earn they it. gotta earn it yeah. you gotta earn it look you know i'm not saying that i'm not gonna you know like my daughter she's an esthetician she went to school she paid for her own schooling but then when she was done paying for her own schooling i helped her build her studio mm-hmm. she was able to prove to me that she was able to pay for her own stuff and do what she had to do sure and and, and then i paid for her. my son now you know he's he's a computer kid um he loves he builds computers from scratch yep uh he also is good on the back end of of mm-hmm. of you know doing technology i love it uh, he's been helping me with the restaurant he's been mm-hmm. you know filling in where other people have failed and uh that's building our relationship you know sure. it, it's it's a great thing you know I get, to, I get to hang out with them Eventually, everything I have is all theirs anyway. You know and what I'm it, saying? But it, but it works, though. And it you got, does. you got a great family, and you're a good father. Thank and you. I will say this because I know this personally. You're a great friend, and you uh, support what I do. And, 100%. And I, and I appreciate you, and I always will, uh, for supporting me as well. Uh, Brett Raymer, everybody, please check out his new restaurant, Stallone's. Uh, they are open. Hey, soft I'm, opening. I'm going I'm to throw this out there right now. If you come into to Stallone's and yep. you mention uh, pushing the limits, yep. we're going to give you 10% off. I like it. I like it. So 10%. we're going to give you 10% off. Who doesn't off. want 10% off? Come on in. Check me out. Uh, 10% off. Mention Brian's name. Mention you heard me on the show. Mention Pushing the Limits. Yep. And uh, we'll hook you up with a nice 10% discount. I like that. John Wayne Bobbitt got about 50% off, but that's another story for another show. Anyway, that is true. Brett, Brett Raymer, appreciate you, my man. Thank you for coming in. Uh, all right, folks, that's a wrap. Uh, we will see you tomorrow, same time, same place. We're going to take a 22-hour break, and I'm going to go get some Italian food at Stallone's. Have a great day, everybody.